Hello and welcome to the very first podcast of my series. I am your host, Christina Erfalian. The subject we will be discussing today is the conflict that occurred between Armenia and Azerbaijan in 2020. Let's jump right in and fill you on some background information in order to give you a better understanding for the future podcasts. Let's quickly talk about some necessary background information about both countries. Armenia is a Christian country that is surrounded with Muslim countries. Armenia is also allied with Russia and has a population of about 3 million people. Azerbaijan is a country right next to Armenia that is Muslim and allied with Turkey that has a population of about 11 million people. On top of that, Turkey is during the war teamed up with Azerbaijan and is also a Muslim country that is populated with over 85 million people. So to start off, the war began on September 27th when Azerbaijani forces began to attack Armenian forces. This was not completely out of the blue due to the past conflicts between the two countries. The land that is causing all the fighting is Artsakh, which is also known as Nagorno-Karabakh. Artsakh is an ethnic Armenian region. However, during the Soviet Union in the 1920s, it was given to Azerbaijan authorities. As the tension between the two countries rose, Artsakh was declared Armenian land in the 1980s. This, however, did spark a war, which ended in 1994. The war ended with Armenia having control of Artsakh. Now we speed up a few years and Azerbaijan begins to attack Artsakh and commit a countless amount of war crimes. First, they began to attack civilian areas in Artsakh that were nowhere near battle zones. They attacked the capital three times with long-range missiles, multiple strikes on residential homes, damage to a newly renovated maternity hospital, and many more. Not only is treating residential places in Artsakh as military targets prohibited in war, they are also using illegal weapons to do so. They targeted schools, stores, businesses, and neighborhoods, all of which are far from all military zones. The local authorities reported an estimated 13 civilians killed and 51 injured from all of these attacks. Also, according to ArmenianWeekly.com, they stated, having failed to achieve any success in the battlefield, the armed forces of Azerbaijan, reinforced by foreign terrorist fighters, resorted to the perpetration of mass crimes against the civilian populations of Artsakh. So they hired terrorists to fight the battles against Armenians. Mind you, the majority of Armenians were around 18 to 20 years of age. This is because when you turn 18 in Armenia, you serve in the military for about two years. And then once you turn, you serve your years, you go back home. Well, obviously, this was one of the hardest wars on Armenia emotionally because most of the fighters were young men. They were a new generation. They were the 18 to 20-year-olds fighting on the front lines in the beginning. Um, so, Azerbaijan also broke all three ceasefires that were announced. One was declared by both countries, the other by Russia, and the last one by the U.S., after a restless 44 days, the last ceasefire was agreed by Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan. An estimated 5,000 Armenian soldiers were killed, which was a majority of the new young men. Now, keep in mind, all men from ages 18 to over 80 went to fight. However, the young soldiers were already on the battlefield, and it took time for the older soldiers to join in. The last ceasefire declared a great portion of Artsakh as Azerbaijan land. The Armenian people were absolutely furious and upset by this decision, obviously. Artsakh was mainly populated with Armenians, so around 
150,000 Armenians were displaced. During an interview, an Armenian man stated, This is my house. I can't leave it to the Turks. Other Bajanis are often called Turks by Armenians due to the relationship they have together. And as he said those words, he was burning down his house. A great majority of the civilians in Artsakh chose to burn down their homes instead of leaving it to their enemy. Another man said, We also moved our parents' graves. Azerbaijanis will take great pleasure in desecrating our graves. It's unbearable. Azerbaijan ended up with about 20% more lead, including the main town of Shusha. After everything was done, the president of Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev, accused the Armenian people of destroying 99% of the liberated territory. This includes all of the hospitals, houses, and monuments. He added that he wants Armenia to take full responsibility and pay compensation. Now, obviously, when the Armenian people heard about this, it was nothing but humor for them. Considering that, as I mentioned before, Azerbaijan forces literally destroyed the whole city, made it go completely upside down. And Russia became the peacemakers between the separated land. In Armenia, however, the streets were full of anger and despite toward the, towards the Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and his decision to surrender. Protesters ransacked the government building and Pashinyan's house, demanding his resignation. Wow, <laughs> that was quite a lot of information if you ask me. But now you're a pro and know a great deal about the war. That's it for today. Tune in next time to see who our guest speaker is. Bye-bye!